0: Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. John chapter 1 verse 14. Let's all read the out from the screen. Let's go. full of grace and truth. So, the, this word becoming flesh, how many of you know what the word is? You don't know. I've around this uh, This one. In the beginning was the verse one. In the, in the, in the verse one tells in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So, then from verse one to verse 14, he said, and that word which was God became flesh. Okay, does that make sense? So, Jesus, when he was on earth, is God flesh flesh. God in the flesh. But most of us, what we know, which is true, what we know is, uh, who, who, uh, who can tell me what you know the Trinity to be? Trinity. God the Father, God the Son. Who is the senior of the Trinity? Uh, who, who is the most, more, powerful, most powerful of the Trinity? Who? The Father, who told you that? Where did you get that information from? (laughs) The Father is not the most powerful in the Trinity. Who is the most powerful in the Trinity? Huh? Huh? All of them are powerful. So, in theological circles, it's called they are co-equal. Co-equal, not like one is... No, no, no. When it comes to function, something like father sends son, son sends the Holy Spirit. But power, importance, godness, nature, everything is the same. So when Peter lied to the Holy Spirit, sorry, when Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit, he said, why have you lied to God? Because the Holy Spirit is not different from God. That's why Jesus said, Alos parakletos, another comforter. It's the same as me. All right, so God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are co-equal. But not only co-equal, they co-exist. So it's not just that they are co-equal. They co-exist. So you can't have the Father without the Son, and you can't have the Son without the Spirit. You can't have the Spirit without the Father. They co-exist. So when the Word became flesh... Is it the whole of God that has become flesh, or is it a part of God that has become flesh? Uh I told you I'll be teaching. I told you I'll be teaching. In John chapter 14, verse 10, Jesus said something. When you see, Jesus said, What did he say? I am in the Father, and where? Uh, So, who is he who? They go in here. This one is in this one. So when you see Jesus, actually, you have seen the Father. And the Bible says that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. So the Trinity, okay, in him dwells all the fullness of... Now, that Godhead is not like the head of God. But God... That, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is called the Godhead. Alright, so he said, in him dwells, so when you see Jesus physically, it's not only just the Son, it's the entire Trinity manifested in the Spirit, in the body. I know your question. So who is up there? (laughs) He's still there. (laughs) Because look at verse 9 of John chapter 14. Jesus said to him, that's Philip, you know, Philip. He who has seen me has done what? So I actually, I and John 10, 30, I and the father are one. You see me, you have seen the father. How about when the child was born in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Let's look at the name of this child. Who was this scripture talking about? Jesus. You know, Christmas. Yeah. Let's all read it out. Let's go. Answer. Ah, wait, wait. The son is called. The child is called what? Ah, ah. Who is the everlasting Father? He said the child is called. The son is the same one. <laughs> the everlasting father has become a son. <laughs> Great is the mystery of godliness. Martin Luther said something. He says that the very moment you can explain the Trinity, anybody who can explain the Trinity has become the teacher of God. You can teach God. <laughs> it remains a mystery. It's like ants trying to understand why human beings talk. They, they can't get it. Are you interested in what I'm teaching at all? Yes. Are you sure everybody's interested in what I'm teaching? So, some, so, this Jesus walking on earth, do you know what? The Holy Spirit was in him. The Father was in him. He was in the Holy Spirit. He was in the Father. So when you see Jesus, it's not like you have seen a part of God. You have seen all of God manifested in human nature. All right. No human nature can contain God. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, No human nature can contain God. So, but God manifested in the flesh, not with his, all his glory, but as much as humanity can contain. The, and the word became flesh. That's what I say, the word became flesh. The word became flesh. There's another name Bible gives to the word which became flesh. Bible gives him the name as the last Adam. So the word became the word became the word became, The word became Pastor, where did you get the last Adam from? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. Let's all read it together. Oh. Oh. And my word shows that it's talking about Jesus. When you read from earlier verses, you know it's talking about Jesus. So Jesus conquered the grave. is called the last Adam. But can you see? What, John 1 14, what does it say? I can't hear you. Let's replace it to his name when he became the flesh. The word became what? Let's read it again. And the word became? The word became the last Adam. But we just found out that the last Adam became something. Some of you are not getting it. So the becoming, becoming flesh was not the end. He had to become flesh so that he become spirit. It was a process. That statement speaks volume. He had to become last Adam so he can become the life-giving spirit. Are you getting it? So in effect, the word Became the life giving spirit. Is there any difference between the Holy Spirit and the. No, it's the kind of the same. But this one, he went through a process. What process did God go through to become a human being? (laughs) Birth. Simple. Christ becoming, or God becoming a human being is another theological word for the theologians, is incarnation. How many of you have heard incarnation? reincarnation is demonic it's eternal Hebrews 9.27 is appointed unto man once to die not twice, not three times not four times, once and as soon as you die next stage, judgment judgment, is coming it's an appointment it's an unavoidable appointment it's appointed unto man you have an appointment to die don't say you escape, you will die it's just that you will also die it's an appointment. To be a human being means someone be prepared for die, prepared for death. It's appointed unto men, not angels, no spirits, not demons, men, to die. Then after you die, you become like angels or demons or spirits. Yeah, who don't die? So after you die, you won't die again. But this humanity will die. That's why God... For Christ to take on humanity, that means that he has coming to face death. He, to take on humanity means that because you, there can't be a human without death. Yeah. I know what you are thinking. Of. Oh, how about Enoch? Yeah. <laughs> how about Elijah? He came back. Oh? He came back to die at Moses. <laughs> Revelation, you see. He came back. Revelation chapter 11. So, you can't be a, so too Embrace humanity means it's like to enroll in a university, means that graduation is coming. You can enroll permanently. You check out. To go on board a flight means you are going to disembark. You can't say permanently, as for me, I become a seat in the in a plane. On a plane. So for Jesus to embrace, it's like You know, there are some people, sometimes when a plane is coming to take off, they say, I'm sick, I don't want to go again. They will will take him off. Yeah, But if you don't say it and the plane takes off, that's it too. Wherever we land, you are landing with us. So to go on the plane for it to take off, that means you can't change your mind. Jesus, to be born as a human being can't change again. He's going to. So the reason why, oh, that's why when they are trying to say you can't go and die, he said, for this purpose was I born. John chapter I think 12. Or, no, John 12. John somewhere there. He said, For this reason have I come, verse 36, 37, somewhere, one of the John's. For this reason, for this purpose have I come, or was I born? Yeah, John 18, 37. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you the king? Are you a king? Then Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am, I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, hears my voice. I have come for this cause, and that he was about to be killed. That's why when Peter said, don't go and die, he said, no, you don't understand the purpose of God. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, he says that because the sons were flesh and blood, or the children, his brethren, children with flesh and blood, he himself shared in the same. Why? So that through death, in much as then the children have partakers of flesh and blood he himself likewise shared in the same flesh and blood that through death he might destroy him who have the power which is the devil so he came to die but in his death he was going to work his assignment was the death are you getting what i'm saying or is it getting too much for you are you sure oh then that means you got when you school you are very good <laughs> he, he came he came on earth to go to the cross that's why he came not to stay on the, in the manger to go, go to the cross and five things he did on the cross five key things he accomplished on the cross one of the things he accomplished on the cross is to Pay for the penalty of sin. So pay for the price of our sin. God, the wages of sin is what? Death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. The wages of sin is death by the gift of So he had to die for sin. So that when you come into Christ, God can hold your sin against you unless the ones you commit which you will judge later. All right? But when you come into Christ, all the sin stuff you have done in your past, God cannot hold it against you because if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. So, he says that for yeah, the five people said, so to pay for our sins, number two, he says that the seed of the woman, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, the seed of the woman shall crush your head. So, on the cross, he wasn't just dying, he was crushing Satan's head. Didn't we really just know that that through death, he might destroy, oh, oh, he forgot. Through death. He went into death. The only one who went to fight in death. He entered death to go and fight. In his dying, he he wasn't fighting not to die, but in his dying, in his death, he was defeating the devil in death. That's why Christians celebrate the cross. That's why Christians celebrate the death of Christ. Because the birth of Christ is not as important as his death. Just that. It is when everything changed. For the first time, God has become man. That's, that's good news. Right? God has now joined us. Emmanuel, God with us. So God has now joined our team to come and fight for us. So that's what makes it good news. But he couldn't fight without the death. The healings, the preaching, and all the things he was doing were not as essential as the death. Peter wanted those things to continue. So he said, "Ah, don't go and die. But he too wanted those things to continue after, after he has left because no human being can be permanent. So he had to go and die so that once he becomes a living spirit, he enters his people and his people continue. He's the same person. Oh, oh that's where I'm going now. Wow. Are <laughs> get you getting what I'm saying? Yes. All right. So he, he he conquered death or he dealt a blow to the devil in his death. He also terminated the... Power of the flesh. So when you are in Christ, you can say no to sin. Don't say I can't stop. You can't stop. Stop that kind of song. I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. I thought you were in Christ. How can sin have dominion over you if you are in Christ? Romans 6 14. He says, Sin shall no longer have dominion. It's in your Bible. Though. Many people don't read the Bible because they don't believe it anyway. They only read it for breakthrough. <laughs> For it said, Sin shall not have dominion over you. And you two say, Oh, sin is controlling me. I don't know what to do. He who the sun shall set free is free indeed. John chapter 8, verse 36. If the sun sets you free, you are free. How can you say you have allowed it to happen? Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Kinangripa. Believer doubt the prophets. Christians, brother Christian believer thou the, are you a believer? If you're a believer, what do you believe? Believer doubt the scriptures? That's what Paul asked in Agrippa, Acts chapter 26, verse 26. In Agrippa, believer doubt the prophets? Do you believe the prophets? Me too, I'm asking do you believe the scriptures? Then he says that sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Yes. So he died on the cross to deal a blow to the devil, to pay for our sins, to deliver us, to terminate the power of the flesh. To terminate the power of the flesh so that the world cannot control you. He died on the cross as well. So he can destroy enmity or divisions amongst human beings. So when the church comes together, divisions don't really exist amongst genuine Christian. Genuine Christianity is color blind, is gender blind, is background blind, is status blind. When people come to church and they only will relate with Certain type of people. Does that mean such a person is not a Christian? Not necessarily. But you can be a Christian and yet living in the flesh. It's called carnal Christian. Natural person. So you can be in a Christian and instead of walking by the spirit, you walk according to the flesh. And so the spirit is ineffective in your life. So he came to deal a blow to remove according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 verse 14 and 15 to remove the middle wall of partition. He removed it so that there cannot be Jew or Gentile. There cannot be Greek or Hebrew. There cannot be slave or free, male or female, for we are all one in Christ. He paid price to do that. So anyone who comes into church to bring division, you are actually do, working against what Christ died to sort out. Yeah, it's a serious thing and God will judge you. God will deal with you. So you, you will think that, I mean, I just love God, just that I don't get on with everybody. So you see, you are bringing the thing that Christ actually died to take away. So for us to have a church which is gloriously heterogeneous, one, beautiful, we are all from different backgrounds but integrate so beautifully Christ has to pay a price for that. He paid the price with his blood so we we can have that in church. So One of the reasons what he was doing on the cross, according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15, that in his flesh he abolished, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is amongst us. He abolished it so that we can be one. That is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. You can't do this, you can't mingle with this one, this one can't. Uh, uh, the soul as to create in himself one new man from the two, that that's making peace so he brought left and right together put them, there's peace we can flow, but he had to pay a price to deal with it on the cross, in his flesh and then the fourth thing, he did, the fifth thing he did on the cross is, oh I like this this is the best thing he did on the cross one of the best, I mean it's amazing huh? In, you remember in John chapter 12, verse 24, except a grain of which falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth. So when he was dying, he was now about to release the life from himself. Can I say that again? He died so that he can release the divine life in himself. He released it because he had to go through a process of birth, human living Living a full-blown human life. That's why he didn't die when he was born. Because if he came to die, why didn't he die when Herod was looking for him? Rather, they went and hid him. When he started his ministry, they wanted to kill him, but no one could kill him. Because he had to die at a certain time. He has to live the entire full spectrum of human life. So that he, after he lived the hum, full human life, that's a process he goes through. He goes on the cross. He's crucified. He's buried. And on the cross, he released. That's why the curtain torn in the temple. He released the life in it, the life of God. <laughs> that's why I said, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die. He was below. But when he died, he became you, 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 you and I. So that's why we are all Christians. Because now you can't say I'm, then, and yet when Paul, Saul of Tarsus, was fighting against the church, he said, why are you fighting me? Because we are not different from him, just that now he's plenty people, but yet we are all one. Are you learning something? Is it too much? Or I can continue? (laughs) So that is why he came to that, why am I preaching this? I'm, I'm, I'm taking too long to get to where I'm so, he died on the cross. He was buried. And when he died, in his resurrection, he became. He became. So then when he comes and you receive him to your life, he gives you life. He gives you life. He became alive. life. He was God. He is God. He became flesh, which is called the last Adam. And the flesh became a life-giving spirit. So, in John chapter twenty, verse seventeen, there's this lady. Ladies are amazing, you know. Who when he said, "Where is he, God?" Now, do you know where you have put him? Let me know. He, he said, "Mary." She said, Rabona. is that you? So you really have woken up." <laughs> You just didn't die and gone. You are back. Rah. Jesus said, do not cling. So, verse 16. Jesus said, don't, don't, Jesus said, do not cling to me. Some trust, this is said, cling. Okay. Others will say, touch. But actually, what happened was that Mary had given him a hug, possibly. She was so overwhelmed. Rabbi! 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 And Jesus said, Jesus said, watch this. Jesus said, there is a private ascension I have to make. I'm on my way to the Father, by His private. No one gets to know about it. So he quickly had to, because the, even though he was the triune God, the Holy Spirit and the Father were still waiting for him. So he had to go and say, Yeah, we've done it. We've done it now. Present himself. Present his blood. Present himself. And then come and live on earth for 40 days. Teaching his disciples. He didn't show himself to everybody. So he shows up quietly and then goes back shows up, and then teach them, talk to them, show them the scriptures, then goes back. And so he was with them for 40 days, according to Acts chapter 1. He was with them for 40 days. So when he said, don't cling to me, it's because I have an assignment to do. They are waiting for me. You love me. God loves who always cling to God. This lady loved God so much that he, she she want to do she will do anything to hold on to God, but Jesus said, "I understand, but this time, the Father and the Spirit are also waiting to welcome me. For me to go and present myself, then I'll come back." So he went, and then he said, "But go and tell my brethren." That's the first time he called his disciples brothers. Yeah, that's the first time. He had never called them brothers, but that's the first time. He said, go and tell my brethren, my brothers, and say to them, I'm ascending to my father. And the first time he said, now he's your father because I've resurrected from the dead and you are now become like me. Before then, no human being can actually be a son of God. So he went. Then he comes back. In chapter 27, 20, verse 21, 22. And then, verse 22. So when he has said this, he breathed out his disciples and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. Because after being with them 40 days, there's no way they could work for him without the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons, main reasons why Jesus had to come and die is to make to pave the way for us to be able to receive the Spirit. Because you can't receive the Spirit on sin. So your sins must be paid for. According to Galatians 3 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having been made a curse for us. For it is written curse is anyone that hangs on the tree. That verse 14. That's the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentile also, that we might receive the promised, the promise of the Spirit through faith. So it's that, that's the end result that the Spirit can come into you. He didn't come. That's why he didn't stay on the cross. Those people who have the crucifix with Jesus, Jesus has left the cross a long time ago. He didn't stay on the cross. He left the cross. And became a life-giving spirit so the spirit can enter us. For two reasons. How many of you know that, how many of you can tell me some of the, okay, two of the most important uses of water so long as your life is concerned? Number one is what? Huh? Drink it. And then number two, bath. You, you, I know you say to clean. Clean water. Your body is first before other things. <laughs> yeah, so water is first for drinking, and so water is not only supposed to be on you. Where is it supposed to be? Inside. And it's not only supposed to be inside you. It's supposed to be on you. So when he met the disciples, he said, <laughs> "Receive it," and the spirit. Essentially, because you can't live the Christian life without this, the life of the Spirit inside you. So he came inside them. But they are supposed to work. So he said, Don't go until you are baptized. God, God. Baptism is not inside one, it's outside. Oh man, I feel like preaching now. I feel like preaching now. You need the Spirit inside you, but you need Him on you. Luke chapter. 24 Verse 49, he said, Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Is someone learning something at all? Are you sure? Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What's the promise? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit. But wait in the tarry means wait. Okay. Tarry is not a type of food. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Oh man, I feel like just preaching, you know. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are. Give me a different translation. Endu is too strong. This, the endue. Do you know what it means to endure? It means like to be enveloped, the way you put letter in an envelope. That's how you endue. Yeah. The way you go and hide another duvet. You are endued with everything covered. You are not an undercover in the spirit. You have to wear. You put on. The one inside you is good for your Christian living. But the one outside you, police officer, you are going to wear. Better put on or you must have your, something must be on you to identify you. A police officer in uniform can just stand and do this. And that powerful car has to stop. Why? Because he's wearing his authority. But stay in the... But I thought you said go into the world to preach the gospel. Yes, but stay. Wait till you have your uniform. Wait till you have your uniform ready. And when the uniform comes, you can step out and preach the gospel. And our uniform of authority is the Holy Spirit. Not just inside us, but on us. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirteen. First Corinthians twelve, thirteen. For by one Spirit are we all baptized. Is it inside or outside us? Baptized outside. So we are baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jesus or Greeks, whether slaves or. And have been made to drink. All the two are represented. It's outside and it's inside. Come on, I feel like preaching. The inner one is for your personal thriving Christian life. The outer one is for office, working. You can't work for God until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You can't live for God until the Holy Spirit is working in you. And we, interestingly, when Jesus is in us, do you know who is in us? Is it Jesus, the Father, or the Spirit? All of them. Jesus is in us. First, Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5, it talks about, look at this, examine yourself whether you're in faith, it tells yourself, do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is where? Jesus, Jesus Christ is where? Jesus, Jesus Christ is where? in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6 look at this, this is interesting one God, one Father who is above all and through all and in all, the Father is inside you, Jesus is inside you Romans 8, 9, the Holy Spirit is inside you, because they move together, they are they are co-equal and co inhabit. so when you become a that's why he came and breathed on them, after I said Mary let me go and come, he came and then he said, <laughs> on them. But this is, you like this one. The breathed breathed out spirit is for inside. The blow upon spirit is for so on the day of Pentecost, you know, I'm, I'm preaching in Acts, but some of you haven't realized. So, um, uh, it said, when the day of, oh my God, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, say the day of Pentecost. Day of Pentecost. What's what type of animal is that? Day of Pentecost. What is that? It is an already Jewish, existing Jewish feast. It's an existing Jewish feast. For what? It's the feast of, it's also called the feast of harvest. Where they celebrate the, it's also called the feast of Weeks. Weeks. What weeks? Seven weeks, which sounds kind of seven weeks, you know, Jubilee. Seven weeks. Seven weeks from when? From the day of Passover. So the day of Passover, the day of Pentecost, in between seven weeks. The day of Jesus was killed and crucified on the day of Passover to pay for our sins. So in Matthew chapter 26, verse 19, or verse 17 particularly, he told his disciples, on that day of Passover, he said, no, go and get an upper room where we'll eat the Passover. He said, go into the city. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. My, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at the house with my disciples. So he told them that, that, that Passover, when the day of... Verse 17, what does verse 17 say? And on the first day of the Feast of the Unliving Bread, that is the Feast of Passover, the first day. That's the feast that starts with Passover, first day of the saints, where we want to you see that we may eat the Passover, according to First Corinthians chapter five verse seven. Christ is our Passover. So what the Passover did was, well, before they came out of Egypt, it said slaughter a lamb and use the blood to mark and eat the flesh inside so when the angel of death is coming and killing people when he sees the blood he'll pass over when he sees the blood he passes over so it's the blood of christ that makes the judgment of god passes over us so jesus look it's not by accident he was killed the time jesus died you hear a lot of they they slaughtered the lamb around the same time said same because he's our oh my God, he's our Passover, so when the Jews were doing their festival, God was doing his own yeah. he died on Passover, so when he resurrected between the time of resurrection, watch this, this is good, between the time of resurrection, when how long did he stay with His disciples? 40, 40 days and pent, what is pent? 5, Five. Pentecost means 50 50 days after Passover. 50 days after crucifixion. So he he resurrected, spent 40 days with them. And then he left them for 10 days. And he said, I'm I'm going to be back. So he came back. The Holy Spirit. So Bible says, I like Acts chapter 2. Yes, verse 1. On the day, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. That's the day of harvest when the Holy Ghost came upon them. So when God was giving them the instructions in the wilderness and showing them, it was all about us. It was just a shadow. It's like, um, you know, um, artist's impression. Yeah, what was happening in the Old old Testament. So they had the impression and the original came and they chose to stay with the impression. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, what is unique about this day? Because this day, in fact, Day of Pentecost, the they were celebrating after the Holy Ghost saving came. So even Paul, Paul said in Ephesus, he said, I wanted to spend Pentecost at Ephesus. Acts chapter 20, verse 16. Yeah, verse 16. Paul said, I wanted to spend the Day of Pentecost, if possible, at, at Jerusalem. Because on the Day of Pentecost, people travel, it's like United Nations Day. Acts chapter 2 verse 5. People come from all, Jews come from all over, from China, from Russia, from America, from Australia. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. On the day of, because nobody comes there. That's why Paul wanted to go to Jerusalem, because opportunity to preach the gospel. So, on the day of Pentecost, which signifies the day of harvest. The day when God's spirit is going to come upon all flesh, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. For what? So that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men, why? Because the Holy Spirit has now clothed them. They are in uniform for work. So the Holy Spirit didn't come on you to speak in tongues. He came on you to do the work. You can't claim I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and you're not doing the work. You can't claim the Holy Spirit is upon me and you're not doing, but he died so the Holy Spirit can come inside you and come upon you. He became a life-giving spirit. He went through a process so that he can be processed for you to be able to have him. You call raw meat. You can't eat it unless you are very carnivorous. So the Holy Spirit didn't come on us for us to speak in tongues just speak in tongues that's why your prayers don't get answered because it's abnormal use what's the one word for abnormal use abuse <laughs> it's an abuse the Holy Spirit says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit shall come upon and you shall be my witnesses and then he said and they were all I quoted yesterday in church in the morning and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues why is it that you have filled the Holy Spirit and something is not starting as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance if it's the Spirit something will start as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance in Acts chapter 2 the same two, verse 18 and 19 I think so he said that um, and my, upon my man servants and maid servants. When I read it yesterday, in, my morning, in the morning before I came to church, God got my attention is the servants. Is the servants. God has great interest in servants. God has a serious interest. The man is men and maid is women. He said, upon those who are servants has a lot of interest in people who serve that's why Satan will do anything to, to discourage you from serving and he'll bring you some dangerous bad friends who don't have the Holy Spirit, they have a different spirit but you may think because they are in church, they have learned how to speak in tongues they jump like us they, but they are no agents of God that's why since you befriended them your hunger to serve has plummeted your desire to serve. They have reinterpreted everything to you that you have been affected and infected. Be careful who you befriend. Everybody in church is a brother, a sister, but not not a friend. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.